You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today I want to talk about the emergence, and I've got a lot of prophetic stuff to share with you. I've got a lot. I was at Morningstar all week. Um, it was for my pastor's meeting. We, I am ordained through Morningstar. Our church is underneath Morningstar. If you don't know who Morningstar is, it's Rick Joyner. You can look it up on he started it in 1985, I think, with his wife. And you can look it up on MorningstarMinistries.org. It is an apostolic house. It's a prophetic house. Um, he recently has stepped down from the CEO president position, and Chris Reed has taken that position. Rick hasn't left. He just has so much the Lord has called him to do. He needed someone to take over the running of the ministry so he could finish the race that God has for him. Um, so he, it was a great uh, four days there. I flew out Friday. Uh, I don't know when I flew up Thursday night. But I'm going to share with you some of what was shared there by Rick and Chris Reed, a little bit of Bobby Connor. It'll have a little bit of me in there, but no, I'm not going to say, well, Chris said this and, Bob, and Rick said that. You're just going to have to sort through it and figure it out yourself. You can listen to it online. It's on Morningstar on YouTube if you want to listen to all the detail of it. It was very good because it was so confirming of what God has been doing in our house. They would share things that we have preached on us, made prophetic words on. So it just, it really encouraged me because I know that the Lord is working through our house. He's working through the people here, all of you guys. He's working through our web church people and the people that follow us online. And that there is a sound from heaven being released through us and really across the world. That is the sound of the Lord saying, I am calling forth a people to rise up and walk in their anointing at a level they've never walked in before. But the one thing Chris did add to that is the body of Christ has been calling out for more, but there's so much mixture in the body that the more has been restrained from us because God is calling us to a holiness and a righteousness, which we've preached on for the last three years. It is a righteous time. It's a holy time. The people of God have got to rise up and say, I believe the word. I'm following the Christ. I'm moving in the spirit and I'm all in. And, you know, one of the things that we have really pressed on is we've got to get rid of the mixture in our lives in order to receive the more that God has for us. And it was a real, the first night we were there, it was a real conviction time. We were all on our face repenting, all 400 people. It was just like the, the, the reverence of God was so strong. Uh, that we ended all up on our face, everybody, uh, repenting, repenting for ourselves, repenting for 
uh, the body repenting for our nation, et cetera. So it was it was very, very powerful. Um, I'll just warn you, if you go to Morningstar, don't expect to get uh, all roses and flowers. And there's some um, sticking you're going to get, too. Because, you know, the call of, of the church is to come into order with the word. The church is not the church of the unbelievers. The church was not birthed for the unbelievers. The church was birthed for the people of God. And the unbelievers come in to encounter what is happening in the church in order that they can get saved. We have this misconception that the church is for the unsaved. You've got to read the Bible. It's never been for the unsaved. It's an invitation for the unsaved, but the church is made to build up the body so that they can go and do what they do in the strength and the encouragement uh, as the body of Christ. So um, don't let us not get confused. We are not, we were not birthed to be a seeker sensitive gathering. We weren't. We were birthed to be people who grow and are strengthened and are equipped in the power of God so that as we leave the door, we become the image of Christ to those who see us. And to some, we stink. And to some, we are a sweet fragrance that draws them in. We don't control how they respond. Our only call is how Christ has called us to respond to them. That's not even anything I was going to talk about. (laughs) Well, it is funny because we have felt this and we've talked about this in this house for a long time is that we've got to be so one with Christ that when people see us, that's who they see. They see Jesus. And, uh, you know, we've we've all gone through periods of time where we're really, really holy. And then there's periods of times where we're um, like the little mud dragging on the back of us. You know, we just not quite there. But uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the emergence. And I got a prophetic word while I was there because you're in a prophetic house. You're going to get some prophetic words. And uh, it's funny because uh, Judy and Beatrice went with me. Uh, they met me up there. <laughs> In fact, Judy was like, uh, last Sunday, she was like, I need something. I need something. I need, I need to encounter. I need to go somewhere. I said, well, Morningstar's doing their thing. Next thing I know, she texts me, Beatrice and I are flying up. Well, Beatrice got a word. Uh, Chris calls out. She said, I'm looking for Betty. Or, and then he keeps going on. He's like, it's like Beatrice. And Beatrice stands up, pops up, gets her prophetic word. He calls out Elizabeth. Karen gets her prophetic word. She wasn't even there. But I would go back and listen to it if you have time. Um, the, it's called the Morningstar Fellowship of Ministry. That was the conference that I was at. And like I said, it's our, it's our annual pastor's meeting that we have. But I got a prophetic word while I was there. And I have been with Morningstar for 17 years. Uh, Since 2006, I just felt called to be a part of their Morningstar Fellowship of Ministries. I was ordained there, and it has not been an easy road. Morningstar is not an easy road. If you're there, it's because God has called you there. You don't go there just for the fun and and, and sun. It is not a fun and sun place. They are a serious apostolic prophetic house that uh, will transform you 
or run you off one or the other. It depends on how willing, you know, it will transform you. It will offend you. It will, it will do everything possible. Um, but you stay because you're called to stay. And, and like I said, they've been a good house to our house. So, um, so I got a prophetic word about brood X of the cicadas. Do y'all know what the, do you know what cicadas are? They're like big grasshoppers, they, and they make really loud noise. It sounds like they're just, uh, they're, they're in sync, and they make this huge loud noise. I'm maybe, uh, Noah can find me a cicada sound. But the brood X, the guy told me, he said, I heard you say that you'd been with Morningstar for 17 years. And this is a word for us, so I, I want you to understand that. He said, did you know that the brood X, and it's, uh, it's for the, it's the Roman numeral X, so it's actually brood 10, um, only emerges every 17 years. And he said, I heard you say you've been with Morningstar for 17 years, and I want you to know it's your year of emergence. And I felt like that was for us, because I know what I've shared with you guys at the beginning of the year, what the Lord has called us to do. Uh, and, you know, the history of where we've come from and uh, as as a church and even before that. But it's the year of emergence. And he said, and I did some looking up on it. He said that uh, they emerge to reproduce. And that is one call I believe that God has really put on us is that uh, reproducing, that raising up the saints, we're equipping the saints, we're a fivefold ministry, equipping the saints for the work of the ministries. Our job is to get people in, get them equipped, get them established. Some people will stay and some people we have sent out. So we're not a place where everybody's going to stay for a hundred years, generation after generation. And we understand that. We didn't understand it at the beginning. I'm like, why do you want to leave? But it's because of the call, you know, right? But uh, so that's what we do. We equip people. We get them trained. We get them healed. We, we get them uh, imparted to just like Paul with Timothy. And some will stay and some we will send out. So part of it is we're called to reproduce. And this will be a season of great reproduction for us. So just own that. I want you to own that. The other part of it is the swarm and they come out like in millions. So, and, and they come out well. they all sing in harmony, in unity. And the sound is so loud. It, it's around a hundred decimals. It's like being next to a motorcycle that's going it's that loud. We are releasing a sound. That was one of the words the Lord gave us for the first year that God is calling us to release a new song, which Pastor Gene just read. But we're releasing a sound that is so loud. It is calling forth. That's us singing in tongues. That's a, that's a, but we're releasing a sound. Thank you, Noah. That is so loud that it is breaking the hearts open for the people who don't know God, but it's also deafening the enemy. So his plans will not emerge and be able to have fruit. So we've got a double anointing here. 
So that's a good word. Come on. I told that guy, I said, that is a good word. He said, well, I just had to tell you. I'm like, I'm glad you did. I don't know who you are, but I'm glad you did. So, um, so this is what I felt like the Lord was saying. I felt like the Lord has given us a word about the season of emergence we are in. We're carrying the sound of the Lord that is drawing in those who need to connect with him while damaging the plans of the enemy. The emergent emergence in the definitions of itself, it's the act of becoming known, becoming into view, emerging into the partnership with the Lord in this time, in this hour. So know that you are emerging in with this plan of God that is releasing a sound that will harvest in and destroy demonic. Right. We've talked about deliverance over the last couple of months. And this morning when I got up, I got up early this morning because my husband fixed that thing. And um, I'm sitting in my office and I have seen an angel that kind of floats in the trees before. It's always on my uh, northwest side. Well, this morning there were two angels, one, one on the northeast side and one on the northwest side. And I'm like looking and watching them and they're just like, oh, you know, it wasn't like they were defined with biggie, but they were beams of light that I I knew what they were. So I'm watching these angels and um, I'm praying and I'm worshiping. And uh, while I was getting ready, I was like just pondering in my head, what kind of angels were those? Immediately I heard, watch your angels. And I was like, oh. I've heard that. Now, I had to look it up. I didn't know anything. So I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures because I want to talk about this for a minute. This is out of Daniel 4.12. And this is Nebuchadnezzar, and he's having a dream. And um, But Daniel 4.12, it says, I saw in, a vi- in the visions of my head while on my bed, there was a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven. And then verse 17 says, this decision is decreed by the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men gives to whom he will and sets over the lowest men. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not ready to do a full theological process on this, but I will tell you what I understood from the Lord on this. And I'm going to read another scripture out of Samuel in a minute. But I believe that part of this is the watcher angels he was showing me. Of course, they watch. They watch over. They, they keep sight of what's going on. But they also carry a message from heaven. And I believe that part of the message is this whole thought process on emergence. That what is emerging is the understanding. And in this last sentence, it says that that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. That's what's being announced by the watchers, that the most high rules. And there is a, like I said, there is a sound that is reverberating across the world that is saying King Jesus lives. That is declaring the holiness of God. And and in context of this, I would have to teach on the whole dream of Nebuchadnezzar, but I'm not going to. I'm going to allow this to come out of just the prophetic uh, anointing on just these two scriptures. But 
there is a sound of heaven being released, announcing Jesus as king. And what is happening, there is a stirring up in the people where they are hearing the, the call of salvation in their hearts. And that's part of this whole harvest thing that's happening. Uh, I saw something the other day. They were like, you know, a thousand people. I think it was in, um, uh, it was either in Arizona or California, standing in the streets, worshiping, just worshiping. It just kind of got started and then it started building and it's, it's spontaneous, but it's also planned. It's, uh, uh, you know, a surprise, but it's also scheduled by God. And it's just a really interesting thing going on. Um, so I, so part of, I, I, like I said, I don't fully understand the fullness of the watchers, but I have seen the angel there before. And um, I do believe that there is a level of protection coming over the body of Christ. And I'm going to read one more scripture out of context just to uh, drive you all, you guys all crazy. I try to preach in context, but when God gives you these, these scriptures out of context, just to pull out, uh, sometimes we have to go that, that route. It's out of Daniel seven. And this is a word that the Lord gave me a couple of weeks ago, maybe longer. Let's see if I can find it here. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't. Okay, give me just a minute because I, I just want to I want to read this to us um, because I believe that this is part of this whole understanding. And you know, when you get when people are speaking in prophetic realm, you have to write down what they say, pray through it and ask the Lord to give you a greater understanding. The prophetic comes in part, not in whole. Amen. Right. Everybody knows that. Oh, here it is. Okay, it's Daniel 7, verse 21 and 22. It says, I was watching, and this is the this is sandwiched between the Daniel seeing the ancient of days and then the Son of Man receiving the dominion and the glory for the kingdom. So uh, verse 21, it says, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until... The ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the most high. The judgment has been made in favor of the saints of the most high. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. I feel like there's a possessing in our midst that is happening right now. You know, Jesus always said the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is near. The kingdom is, is in possession of us. And we are taking the territory for the kingdom in this hour. So like I said, completely out of context, but you're just going to have to lean on the prophetic that's coming through this. Um, so back to the, uh, the word of emergence, I believe that this is a season for great capacity for us to move into a time where there is a gospel being released, released without mixture. We've got to get it without mixture. We've got to quit shaping Jesus out to be something that is palatable for the people around us, because Jesus is not palatable. He is king. And what he says cuts to the heart, 
pulls out the rocks, the stone, and replaces it with the flesh. And if we want a easy, greasy Jesus, then we're not going to have transformed people who can take the kingdom. We're just not. And um, I got to have somebody. Somebody agree with that? Anybody? I got anybody? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. We're just going to reel that back in. It is interesting because I was, uh, I, I'd hurt my neck. And uh, so traveling on a weird pillow at a hotel is never good for it. So I went and had a, uh, a massage yesterday to try to work out the kink. And so my, uh, there's three massage ladies. All, two of them are Christians. I know they're Christians. We talk about Jesus all the time. The one I haven't seen, uh, I'm laying there and she starts working on me. And she's telling me about her sister. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, we went to see a psychic and a shama. I was like, get off <laughs> That's all I could think of. I was like, the blood of Jesus. I just need my neck healed. God, can't you just do it supernaturally? So she's telling me about it. And I'm like, yeah, how was that? Oh, it was interesting. It was interesting. And she said, oh, by the way, what kind of music do you like? Oh, I said, I like worship music. I'm a pastor. She goes, oh, I love C.C. Winans. I'm like, okay, you, your shama, and your psychic, and C.C. Winans. So she starts telling me all about going to see her and how she could feel the God thing. I said, yeah, the Holy Spirit. Then she goes on to tell me all about the Holy Spirit and how amazing he is and how he works. And so we're talk, trying to process through that. And uh, it was quite an interesting thing because there's mixture. There's mixture. She has enough of, of Jesus to know that there's a Jesus, but she doesn't have enough to know that there is a false Jesus luring her in to the lies of the enemy so that she will grab a hold of the darkness that is actually competing with her light. She just doesn't know. And we're talking through this and, and she is, you can tell she is kind of somewhere between dumbstruck and awestruck. She's blinded to the ways of the enemy because she doesn't know the word and she doesn't know Jesus. She just knows the superfluous things about him. She knows there's a spirit. She knows she can feel the Holy Spirit, but she's blinded by darkness because she's living a dual life. She's living in mixture. And we are seeing the body of Christ being scrubbed. God is scrubbing us. When I went to Helsinki, they had, I went for work and they have wash women and they're like short and about, you know, they're, they're, they're sturdy. They're sturdy. And, um, so in, in Finland, a lot of the business meetings are held in the saunas. And the women have their sauna and the men have their sauna. And then they have kind of like a board in between, a board meeting, a boardroom in between. It's a different life. Well, the washwoman's like, would you like a good scrubbing? I'm like, no, I have very fair skin. I said, I said, no, I think I'm okay. I took a bath this morning. She's like, you sure? And they have like the little bucket and the little scrubbers. And I was like, no, I would bleed. I know my skin. But God is scrubbing us and it hurts. Because he's trying to get that mixture out of us 
in order for us to move in the fullness that he has for us, which is the signs, the wonders, the miracles. There is, we are on just the surface of what he's trying to release through us, but he's having a hard time releasing it through us because we've got all the other stuff that's going on that's interfering with the fullness that he's releasing. And one of the things that uh, Chris did say this, and I want to give, give, honor to this because it touched me so deeply. He talked about there is a jealous God that is jealous for us. And I'm going to read two scriptures from what he shared. And then I, I want to just share on it a little bit because I feel like we are on the right path. I feel like we have been doing the right things. Uh, one of the things Rick talked about was how critical worship is. We have got to lay down our time clocks and when we come together, have time to worship the Holy God, to worship and allow the spirit to move. And however he's going to move through our worship, through our word, you know, through pre-sermon prophetic words, through testimonies, we've got to make room for him. And if we start putting him on a time clock, he will honor and work through that time clock, but it won't be the fullness of what he's trying to give us. Amen. It won't be the fullness. I'm telling you that right now. So here's two scriptures that he gave us is one of them is Exodus. I gave Noah a whole bunch of scriptures, so he's probably scrambling. Thank you, Noah, for uh, being so super flexible. But it's Exodus 34 and starting verse 12, it says, take heed to yourself. Least you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. Right? Doesn't matter how many thousands of years ago. That word is for us. That word is for us. We cannot make a covenant with those who are going to cause us to get trapped in the snare of the enemy. But you shall destroy their altars. That is our call. We are to destroy their altars. Break their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. He is jealous for us. He is jealous to the place where he will break us in order to protect us from the snare of the enemy that has been set for us. If you're not where you're supposed to be, and you're in a holding pattern, ask God, is there something that you're jealous of for me that's keeping me from moving forward? Is there something I'm doing that you're trying to break from me in order for me to move forward. You know, so many times we get stuck. And I've shared this before. I have people that say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'll say, what do you want to do? I don't know. I just want to do what God wants me to do. Well, he's given you an innate ability to rise up in the anointing he's given you. So what do you want to do? I don't know just what he wants to do. Well, you're not going to do nothing if you can't get up and do something. That, that went over better than I thought it would. But it is true. We're so busy trying to wait on the Lord. And the Lord is so jealous for us to move. 
to get going, to do something in order to get us where he's trying to take us. The other scripture is 2 Corinthians 11.1. 1. It says, oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. Paul is talking to them. He said, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. And you can go on and read that if you want to. Well, there's part of it. Uh, Noah has up there. It says, I have betrothed you to one husband that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Holy, set apart. Holy and set apart. Because God wants to expand our capacity. And, you know, we talk a lot about the new wine, the new wine skin, the old wine, the old wine skin. Putting the new wine in the old wine skin so it all bursts so we lose the new wine and the wine skin. And part of the mixture, and this is one thing that, like I said, it, it really touched me, was God has given us new wine. But we are putting it in our old processes. We're putting it in our old way of thinking. God is doing a new thing. He is doing things that we don't understand, but we have to lean into what he's doing. Otherwise, we're going to put it in an old wineskin and it's going to blow up. And we'll lose the new that he's doing and we'll lose the wineskin that we had before. God is calling us to prepare a new wineskin to take what happened a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, what worked yesterday. He's saying, I'm asking you to set that aside, prepare me a new wineskin. So when I give you the new thing I'm doing, it'll go into the new wineskin so that it will live and it will thrive and it will not be contaminated by the old wineskin. And we like processes, we like habits, we like uh, the same thing so we can be comfortable with it. But God is not doing that in this season. He is not doing the same thing. That's the reason we do the outpouring, because every month it's different. And we could come, Gene, Karen, I, Chuck, we could come and say, okay, well, last month, this is what happened. So everybody get ready, because that's what's going to happen. And we have closed our mind to what God wants to do new, because the, the, the outpouring is to train us how to move at a moment's notice by the spirit and where we are during the day, during the night. When we come together and we worship and we let the spirit flow and we hear prophetic words and we do healing, it's a, to train us up for going out there so that we're not snared by the enemy. Because we have not only practiced, not only worshiped as a corporate body, not only studied the word individually and corporately, but we have prepared ourselves and found ourselves ready to face the enemy because we have the solution for the kingdom right now in us. I'm not looking for a solution out there. I'm looking saying, God, this is what's going on. You let me know what we're going to do about it because I am ready and willing. And when we partner spirit to spirit, not flesh, we don't partner with our mind first. We partner with our spirit first. 
When we partner that way, then every obstacle has a solution because God is our solution maker, right? A couple quick other quick things, and then I'm going to close it out. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, when Rick shares, he's very dry and, and to the point. So when he shares, it's just like matter of fact. And, uh, and his, his favorite new saying is, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But Rick was sharing something that I felt like really was a heart for us, too. And he shared about how... Um, let me flip down to it real quick. He said um, he feels like one of the calls that he's been given, and I feel like that's part of what we do, is he said, tell my people who they are. Yes. Help them understand their identity. Yes. Help them understand that they are called, anointed, and sent to bring a transformation to the world. And he said, here's the, uh, he feels like the mixture of this age, one of the big influxes of the mixture of this age is AI, artificial intelligence. So that's kind of, and he said, Elon Musk is a proponent of protection against that. And he said that Elon Musk gets a lot of uh, flack, but um, he really does feel like it. He said, so here's, here's the mandate. Follow the king. Defend the poor, slay the dragons, seek the holy grail, seek all that God has for us. Um, he said that we've got to quit sanitizing the gospel. Amen. We've got to get the gospel out there the way Jesus intended it to go. And that is when the gospel is released, the hearts are transformed and signs and wonders follow it. And we've got to get back to just the rawness and the realness of what the gospel gives us, what, what the book, what the word gives us with the living word and the spirit living within us. We've got to get back to believing the reality of the word. We've got to get back to believing the reality of the word. Um, he said the church denomination was a movement until it quit moving. And it has become water that has settled and gotten stagnant. And we want to be the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ that is radical. And he said it's going to take some radical people to be able to stand in all that God has for us. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about David's 400 men. You know, his 400 men could take out 10,000. And that's what God's calling us. He's calling us to be the radical remnant that will take down strongholds, that will pull down idols, that will dethrone kings. Not because our flesh doesn't like them, but it's because the spirit of the Lord has given us assignment to take them out. When you think about it, David didn't take out King Saul at the opportunity because his flesh, his feelings were hurt. No, he said, I will not touch the one that got anointed. So we have to understand, are we called to dethrone kings, presidents, princes, whatever it is we're called to do because we don't like them or because we've got an assignment to take them down 
or are we called to honor them until their time is finished and they are moved out of the picture? We those are the minute, fine things that we've got to learn how to discern. Our assignment has to go according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. We can't come against our neighbor because we don't like them because they got their fence uh, four inches on our property line. We got we to gotta decide where God has drawn the line for us to battle. And what is the battle? Do we pray? Do we war? Do we tear down and destroy? Do we call lightning from heaven? I don't know. But each battle is different and we have to determine what is the battle? What is the assignment? And of course, they talked a lot about government and politics, too, which I'm not going to talk about today. But we have we know that we're going into a political season, right? Which means we're going to have a political spirit that is so heavy and strong. He is oozing lies and filth and trying to capture your mind with the flesh war that's going on instead of the demonic strategy that's happening. We got to get out of the flesh war. If, if you're watching the news and it causes you to be angry and mad and rise up in your flesh, then you need to quit watching the news. I'm just telling you that we have got to get out of our flesh in order to to win the next war over these next two years. We're fighting a religious spirit. We're fighting a, uh, a political spirit. Those two spirits are like whew, going crazy right now because the religious spirit is trying to keep us in our fence. It's trying to keep us in our flesh. It's trying to keep us in a law that doesn't even apply to those that don't believe. And the political spirit is trying to destroy the governmental anointing that has been given not only to the body of the Christ, but to the United States. So we're in a war against two of the seven in, in the two of the seven mountains, not to mention the education mountain. So we're in this triad war that we're trying to fight with our flesh instead of with the spirit. And if we fight with the spirit, we will have victory. If we fight with the flesh, we will die because it will eat us up inside. Someone asked me recently, they said, uh, what do you think about what's going on in the world? I said, well, I'm encouraged. I said, because first of all, I'm not a normal dark negative side person. I just don't. I can always find something. But the other side is, if it's this bad, that means Jesus is this much closer. But until he comes, his people are rising up to defeat the strongholds that have come against us. Religion, politics, education, destroying the upcoming generation destroying the current ginger, gingers, ginger, generation and destroying the church. And we are not going to stand by and watch that happen. So it is the rise, the emergence of the radicals. We are the radicals. We are like David's 400 men. We can take down a thousand with one swing. And we have to own it. Because we're not called to be passive or complainers. We're not called to 
meander about and wring hands with our fellow friends. We're called to be warriors in the spirit to destroy and take down every demonic force that has set itself up against this generation and the generations to come because they're on our watch. And God said, you're responsible for what's on your watch. So maybe that's why he sent us watchers, angels. I don't know. But if you know, let me know. If you get something, let me know. So I think I'm going to close there on the positive note that we are warriors and we are called to tear down and destroy the demonic forces that are against us right now. And we will not get in the bed and get in bed with the political, the religious or the educational spirits that are trying to get us to be so frustrated that we can't even come up with a prayer. We aren't supposed to come up with a prayer. We're supposed to come up with the solution and then release it from the kingdom onto the earth. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you guys will stand, I'm just going to pray over us. Man, I'm fired up. I'm mad now. I know that God is, I know that we're radicals. Now, I don't have any doubt about that. I always brag on you guys. I'm always like, yeah, well, my church. Oh, no, is that pride? <laughs> but I do. I listen to people talk about the people in their church, and I'm like, you know, God has sent people to me that have a vision for the kingdom. And that are willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Right? Say, yes, that's me. So, Father, just thank you that we are warriors. And we war from the spirit, not from the flesh. And we command our flesh to submit to what the spirit has for us. So every spirit, political, every religion, religious spirit, every educational spirit, and all the other ones that are starting to pop up. And you know what I keep seeing is the Lord is showing me that the entertainment spirit is being crushed. And the ones that uh, are were over the sports, those, those entertainment, uh, those spirits are starting to go down. They're being crushed. But these other three are really raising their heads. So, God, we're asking for a divine strategy. Each one of us will have their own. And we all, as a corporate body, will have one together. So, God, thank you for a divine strategy. Thank you that one can send a thousand to flight. So, whoo, 10,000 to flight. So, Lord, just thank you that we are sending the demonic entities to flight that even as we worship today and what pastor Jean released those phone books are torn in half yeah. the, the we've received the uh, exchange and we know that we are called to be more than conquerors we're called to be radical believers of the most holy God that move only in the Holy Spirit and we hear your voice clearly and we act upon what you've shown us so Jesus we we just thank you that you are king. We thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.